Hello, and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. So, if you're a longtime listener or a previous listener of even just one episode, you know that typically when I get on here, I talk about the book I had read that past week. And then I explain it, and then I talk about my feelings, opinions, and thoughts. All of those kind of mean the exact same thing. But anyways, today is something slightly different in that I'm not going to be talking about one book that I just read, but instead I'm going to be doing the mid-year freakout tag. If you're familiar with BookTube, i.e. YouTube with people who talk about books, and that's like what their channel's about, then you'll probably have heard of the mid-year freakout tag or seen some videos or episodes about it. So basically what the mid-year freakout tag is, and I know that I'm over a month late on this because basically what it is, it's in June, people film a video, or in my case, I'm recording a podcast episode where there's a list of questions about the books that they've read so far that year that they answer things like favorite book, least favorite book, surprising, happy, sad, things like that. And you just kind of talk about what you've read. So I actually really, really like watching the mid-year freakout tags because I like to hear about these different books that people have read and what they liked about them and which ones they actually didn't like and things like that. And this past week, I read a Finch Merlin book, which if you have been a a previous listener, long-time listener, basically, if not, I'm going to explain it right here. This is a nine-book series, and instead of releasing episodes intermittently, and and I don't really have enough to say about each book to fill up an entire episode... I'm doing a three-part series that will release at some point when I finish them, similar to what I did for the Harley Merlin series last year for the week of Halloween, because that was also nine books, and these are connected. But anyways, that is why I'm filming this instead. So I'll be doing the Mid-Year Freakout tag. I'm very excited about it. I've been thinking about it for days, and I just filled out all my answers, and this should be a time. So without further ado... Let's just get into it. I promise normally I spoil whatever book I talk about, but I promise no spoilers about the different books I'm going to talk about. Keeping it spoiler free, which is a shock because I love to spoil things on here, mostly because if you don't spoil a book, you can't properly talk about why you didn't like it in some cases or why you really did or questions you have, things like that. And so that's why I typically spoil things, but no spoilers today. Let's get into it. The first question is, was the best book you've read so far in 2021? So this shouldn't really come to us as a surprise if you have either looked at the names of the, the titles of the episodes I've released this year or have listened to them. I'm going for The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave, which I'm pretty sure the episode title is the best book I've read so far in 2021. So this shouldn't really be a shock. First, let me explain what this book is about as a booktuber would do, but I'm a book podcaster. Is there a name for that? A bookcaster? Ooh, that kind of sounds like I'm I'm a wizard or a sorcerer or something, a bookcaster. Anyways, The last thing you told me is about this woman named Hannah, I believe, and she has married this guy named Owen, and he has a 16-year-old daughter named Bailey, and they've been married for a year and a half, and then one day, she gets a mysterious note from this random middle schooler that says, protect her, which is the last thing her husband told her, and he disappears off the face of the earth, and they've got his company's going down. They've got FBI, special U.S. marshals, things like that coming and talking to her. 
and her and her stepdaughter Bailey go through some family bonding as they try to unravel the secret of why Owen disappeared and who he is and what has happened. So this was a thriller. I normally don't like thrillers. In fact, I normally avoid thrillers at all costs, particularly and especially ones that lean towards horror, like a lot of violence and gore, which I know that you can't see it, but I don't want to read it mostly because I read these things before I go to bed. And the last thing I need is something making it even harder for me to sleep because I low-key have insomnia. So, but this book was so good because first of all, I loved the writing style. It was written, I don't know if conversationally is the right word, but it reminded me of how I write myself. So it was like fun to read. I really liked that. I loved Hannah as a character. She was super intriguing. Like I cared about her. I cared about her story. I loved the family bonding between her and Bailey. And it was just an all around good time with twists and turns. I was able to predict some of it, but not all of it. And so I just enjoyed that a lot. So definitely I would totally recommend that book to literally anybody, even people who don't like thrillers. It wasn't a scary one at all, which thank God because I can't do it. And it was just so much fun. So definitely 100% would recommend that. And also I'd recommend you go listen to my podcast episode about it if you want to hear more about the book. So then this next question, question number two, is the best sequel you've read so far in 2021. Now, let me preface this by saying that I actually haven't read that many sequels this year. Um, Yeah, I really haven't. I think part of it is that I've been reading recently a lot of standalone novels, which is unusual for me. Prior to starting this podcast, I read a lot of fantasy series, and I still really like fantasy, obviously, Finch Merlin, i.e. And so I'm going to go with Finch Merlin as the best sequel I've read so far this year. Basically, every single Finch Merlin book is a sequel of the Harley Merlins and of each other. I think that the best one I've read is Finch Merlin and the Everlasting Vow, which I'm going to talk about later on. Wait, no, I'm not. Actually, I lied. Finch Merlin and the Forgotten Kingdom is probably the best one I've read. The Everlasting Vow I read in July. So I'm trying to answer with books I just read June, even though I'm recording this on July 25th, but I don't really care. So I'm going with that. It's not like my favorite sequel I've read ever, but it was the best one I've read so far this year for sure, because the other sequels I've read were Red Tigress by Amelie Wenzel, which you guys know I didn't really like, and I'm going to talk about that later. And then my other thought for Contender is uh, Fractures by Alice Reeds, which was the sequel to Echoes and I talked about both of those at the beginning of the year and I really really liked Echoes. It's a YA thriller actually. Wow look at me with these thrillers but Fractures just like missed the mark a tiny bit and I like the Finch Merlin books better but that was still enjoyable. Finch Merlin I feel like I've explained is the magicals and he's going on this adventure and I just recorded the um, Everlasting Vow episode before this So I'm like all in my head. I'm just going to go to the next one. Sorry if that didn't make sense. So the next question is question three, a new release you haven't read yet, but want to. So here's the thing. I, despite being in the book community, do not keep up with exactly what's coming out unless it is by an author I really, really like, or it is in a book series that I'm reading. So 
My answer for this is kind of um, not true. Well, it is true and that I want to read it, but it, that it is not a release. So I'm kind of cheating. So I'm going for Seven Days in June by Tia Williams, which actually came out in 2013, but I only recently heard about it slash saw it in bookstores. So I don't know why, but it kind of surprises me that it came out in 2013. But I heard about it from one of the booktubers I really like, Noelle, and she absolutely loved it. And basically the story premise is that there's these two writers and that maybe like 13 years ago or something like, like a long time ago, they fell in love over the course of a week or something like that, but then something separated them. And now they're both writers and they're at this writer's workshop for a week and then they fall in love again. That sounds great. I'm really excited about it. Like, it sounds really enjoyable. I like that they're writers and we're going to see parts of their story inside of it, which I really liked. That's part of the reason I really liked Beach Read by Emily Henry, which I read last year, but before I started the podcast, I don't have a dedicated episode on it. And I don't know, the second chance romance, and I'm pretty sure the main girl character is a single mom, like all these things just kind of call to me and I'm very excited about it. So even though this isn't an actual new release, it is a release that I haven't read yet and that I really, really want to read. I'm hoping to read before the end of the year. Then the next question is question number four, most anticipated release for second half of the year. I do have two answers for this. The first is Portrait of a Scotsman by Evie Dunmore. So this is the third book in the League of Extraordinary Women series. So basically, if you have listened to my podcast, not just before, but in previous episodes, I've stated that one of my absolute all-time favorite books that I read in 2019 was Bringing Down the Duke, which was Evie Dunmore's debut novel about, it's set in the 1800s in England about a blue stocking and a duke who uh, fall in love, but they can't be together. And that's not a great description necessarily of what the book is about, but I just love it. And then the second book, I do have an episode on, it's A Rogue of One's Own, and that is about the head of the women's kind of organization that all these characters, all the women characters are a part of. And then um, I can't remember if he's a, I don't think he's a, he's a baron, earl, no, a Viscount. I think he's a Viscount. And they know each other from childhood, but she is kind of a spinster and outcast and he is a ladies man. And then they end up falling in love and getting together as well. I didn't like the second book as much. And if you want to know why, go listen to the Rogue of, of Rogue of One's Own episode. It's not that I didn't like it. It's just that I loved the first one so much and I didn't really connect to the characters in the second one. But I cannot wait for a portrait or portrait of a Scotsman, which is about one of my favorite side characters, Hallie. And um, oh my god, I just can't wait. Like they get married at the beginning of the book instead of the end. So I'm very intrigued and she's an artist and he low-key might be part of the black market. I don't know. It sounds fun. And then the other one I've got on here is Well Matched by Jen DeLuca, which is the third book in the Renaissance Fair series. And the reason I really like the first two and I talked about them in December and January, I believe on this podcast, they're well met and well played. And I really like both of them a lot. And I'm excited for Well Matched because it's about... um. Emily's older sister and I'm blanking on her name and then Mitch the hot guy so there's the interesting age gap and that it's an older woman and a younger man 
and that I think there might be fake dating and I just didn't anticipate them getting together. So I'm kind of intrigued to see how that goes. Question number five is biggest disappointment. So if you saw the title of the last episode that you know that Instructions for Dancing by Nicola Yoon was probably the biggest disappointment disappointment of my entire year. It's probably my least favorite book I have read all year. I did not like it at all. The premise of the book is that it is about a girl who is cursed to see when somebody kisses in front of her, she sees how their relationship ends. And then she also is part of a dance competition and falls in love. And there's a giant, I'm not going to spoil it, but there, there's a giant plot twist in the uh, in the last 50 pages that I could not stand. The first part of the book was just fine, but then the last 50 pages come and it just made me absolutely hate this book. So I don't want to spoil it here or say anything more. So go check out that episode. I promise you won't be disappointed if you want to hear a ranty episode, but I couldn't stand it. Also, as I previously mentioned, Red Tigress by Amelie Wenzhou, and also on a like related note, the first book, Blood Air, also disappointment. I'm going to talk more about that for the next question. So question number six is biggest surprise, which I'm going to go with Red Tigress and Blood Air. And this was a surprise in a bad way. So I probably shouldn't have even mentioned it for the last question. But basically why this was a huge surprise is that, oh, okay. So the plot of the story is that it's set in a fantasy world, which is basically kind of like fantasy Russia. And the main character, Anna, is a princess who has been blamed for killing her father. So she's on an adventure to try and find the real killer and clear her name and be reunited with her brother. In the meantime, she's joined by a con con man named Ransom, I think. Hmm, Ransom. I don't know what his name is. Something like that. And uh, he helps her because she needs his help to, like, get things done. And then the second book is the next part in their journey when they are going overseas to another country to get help, basically. Now, if you listen to my end-of-the-year wrap-up, for 2020, you'll know that Blood Air was one of my favorite books of 2020. Yeah, that reread really brought it all the way down on my list, and Red Tigress only made it worse. I loved Blood Air the first time I read it because Ranson, I should really look up what his name is, but I'm not going to. He was the exact kind of male character, like, male leading character that I really like alongside like an earnest and naive princess. Like I really just love that sort of duo. And the story was interesting. I was intrigued, whatever. I read it the second time and it just felt kind of flat for me. I don't really know how to explain what had happened, but I just didn't do it for me like the first time I read it. And then I read the second book and I didn't like how it ended. I like a lot of the plot really bothered me and yeah there was like not a lot to like about it and it just frustrated me so like and the other thing about these two books is then it put me in a reading slump where I really didn't want to read for a couple weeks on end and so these definitely have to go as biggest surprise for being not what I not good like I thought they were gonna be but on a more positive note let's move on to question number seven which is a favorite new author So this one was a little bit tricky for me in that 
all of these authors I have listed, I've only read one of their books. And typically when I have a new favorite author, I've read multiple of their books, normally because of like a series or a companion series or something like that. But I've got three authors here whose books I really enjoyed this year and that I plan to read more books by them. So the first is Laura Dave, who wrote The Last Thing He Told Me. I think that's pretty self-explanatory and that I really enjoyed that book. And I would definitely, I really like the writing style. And even though her other books are not thrillers, I think they're actually contemporaries, which is more my speed anyways. So I would definitely consider picking some of those up. The next author I have on here is Jill Chavez who wrote um, Love for Beginners that I talked about, I think, two weeks ago. And when I talked about it, so basically Love for Beginners is a romance, but it's more of a chiclet, actually, and that it's not a heavy romance. And there's it's almost kind of like a contemporary with romance as the main point. I don't know if that makes any sense. Where basically this woman, Emma, is in a coma. She comes out of it and she has to re- invent her life and she does that with her physical therapist who she ends up falling in love with and then her high school nemesis Allison who is also learning how to be a better girlfriend and a friend and whatever and I just had a fun time with it it wasn't the best book I read by any means but I had a good time with it and Jill Chavez actually liked my photo on Instagram of the book when I posted the cover of the book when I was announcing the episode for it and I wouldn't say necessarily that she's my favorite author ever, but I definitely would consider reading more books by her. She posted, when I when she liked my photo, I went on her Instagram, and the plot for her next new release sounds so good, and so I definitely think I'm going to pick it up, and I think that she's got the kind of books that are always going to be pretty enjoyable. They're probably never going to be my all-time favorite books but I'm always going to really enjoy them and they're always going to be a good beach read, pool read, whatever. And so I think that I put her on this list for that reason. And then my final person here is Mia P. Manasala, who wrote Arsenic and Adobo, which is a mystery. It was the first in a mystery series. The rest of the book's yet to be written about, um, well, I can't remember the main character's name, but basically her and her family are framed for murdering her ex-boyfriend and um, she has to solve that. And it was just a lot of fun and I'm definitely gonna pick up her other book so I could see her becoming a new favorite. Question number eight is newest fictional crush. I just wrote question mark because the thing is I didn't read a lot of romance in the first half of the year and the ones that I did for the most part, like I read The Dating Plan, but I didn't really, I didn't dislike The Dating Plan, but I didn't love it. And the main guy character, not that, um attractive to me. And then the other romance that I really read was At Your Age, Eve Brown. And I really, really liked that one. But Jacob, the main guy character, again, wasn't somebody that I saw myself crushing on. But like, I enjoyed him and Eve's story, which I'll talk about later on in the episode. And then I was like, okay, let me go to my books I read on my phone. And then the ones that I really love were rereads or I read them after July. So I really struggled and I couldn't really think of anybody to go here. So I'm just going to skip that. Sorry for the pass. I mean, hopefully there's some man who I'm like, wow. Actually, you know what? I'm reading a book right now, which you'll hear about next week, which is called Sisters in Arms by Kaya Alderson. And the love interest for one of the characters, Grace, her love interest, I enjoy him. So I'm reading that in July, though, so I don't know if it counts. Question number eight, moving on. 
Question number nine, sorry, moving on, is newest favorite character. I'm going to go for Eve Brown from Act Your Age, Eve Brown by Talia Hibbert. And it took me a while to kind of decide who I thought my new favorite character was, but I really, really loved the Eve Brown book. Eve herself was such a surprise that I enjoyed her. I didn't think I was really, I knew I was going to like her book because I liked the other two, but I thought that Eve and I would not connect and that we're not similar at all. But I just really ended up enjoying her a lot. Her character growth, like her determination, her wit in being hilarious. Like I actually really, really liked her a lot and that I had the most fun reading the Eve Brown book out of the Three Sisters book. So basically, At Your Age, Eve Brown is a romance novel and it follows Eve Brown and Jacob Wayne, because I remember his last name because I didn't like it because it's too similar to John Wayne. And anyways, basically, Jacob has autism and he owns a B&B after her, Eve's parents basically cut her off for being too flighty, not being able to hold down a job. She runs away, basically, finds herself at the B&B and interviews for a chef position. After she hits Jacob with her car, she has to take it because, you know, he has a broken arm now. And the two of them are just so funny together. It really, I liked it so much. And they end up falling in love, obviously. That's not a spoiler because it's a romance novel. And like I said, Eve was just so funny. She was true to herself. And I just really, I really, really liked her. So she's definitely a new favorite character of mine. Number 10 is Books That Made Me Cry. Now, I'm not a big crier when it comes to reading. Usually it takes like a lot to make me cry. But I've got two here. The first one, and you know what makes me cry? Angst. I really want to read something that is so upsetting because it's just so unfair. Mostly this has to do with like a love story and that two people love each other so much, but they can't be together for like some outside force reason. And then it just makes me so upset that they can't have their love that I cry. And so this happened in two cases. The first is Finch Merlin in the Forgotten Kingdom, which, um, I talked about previously and basically in this book I don't want to spoil it because it's like halfway through this series but basically Finch is forced to uh, marry somebody that's not his love interest basically is what is going on there and then the other one is to seduce a witch's heart by Nadine Mudas and this is a book I've never talked about on this podcast before because it's actually one of my phone books which basically, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I read a lot on my phone on like either the books app for um, just like the iPhone books app or outing myself. I read on Wattpad also. I know I'm such trash. And so this is the To Seduce a Witch's Heart is a book I found on the books app. It was free. It was my second time reading it this year and it made me cry because the ending was so sad. But I mean, it ends up good. So it ends up happy, but like the right before the ending was so sad. And you can deduce from me saying I love the angst of two people being in love, but being not being able to be together. That makes me cry. And this one was just the epitome of that. It was so sad. I was eating my lunch, like during my lunch break at work and I was reading the end of the story and I was just like 
low-key crying and I was like why is this so upsetting to me this has not happened to me in my real life but I'd love to read about it again and again so I don't know what that says about me we're almost done here We've got three more questions question number 11 is books that made you happy so first one is at your age Eve Brown by Talia Hibbert I just talked about that Like I said, it was just such a fun read. I think the title of that episode for my podcast is something like the most fun I've had while reading. So obviously it made me happy and it was super fun. And then the other book I've got down here is You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson, which I read back in February for Black History Month. And it follows a one of the only black students at a Indiana high school who is also gay and she is running for prom queen so she can win the scholarship so she can go to the college she wants to go to because otherwise she won't be able to afford it. And I just, this book is so hyped up. You've probably heard of it if you're connected to the book community in any way. This book was so hyped up and it definitely deserves the hype. Oh my God, it was so fun to read. I love reading about all the different prom activities. I love the main character. She was so fun. I mean, even the like, her um, love story that was like the subplot of romance was enjoyable. I really liked the plot points about her friends and friendships in particular. I thought that was really well done and really interesting. And it just made me happy to read it. Even when like bad things were happening, I still had a good time reading it, which sounds weird, but it was such an enjoyable book. 100% would recommend. Number 12 is the most beautiful book that I've bought or received this year. Nobody sends me free books so that I bought. And I'm going for The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner, which is a historical fantasy is what Book of the Month classified it as. But basically, there was two timelines, one back in the 1800s probably and one present day. And the 1800s timeline is about this apothecary who actually is basically... I don't want to say mercenary, but she brews poisons to kill men. And one of them is used wrong that she didn't want to give. And so people are chasing her. And then in the present day timeline, the main character is trying to figure out like these murders and like what was going on with all of that. And the cover is just really beautiful. This one works a lot better, you know, if it's a video, but you can check it out on my Instagram at I read a book once blog. It is just a navy cover. It's got a bottle on it and then there's all these flowers and things like that super pretty the other beautiful book cover I got was instructions for dancing that was the only thing I liked about that book was the book cover and then the final question is question 13 books to read by the end of the year now the only thing I have written down here is the Finch Merlin series I have two more books to read before I finish it and I need to actually finish these before the end of August because I will be moving and I don't want to bring them with me when I move. And so um, I just want to finish these by the end of the year. Actually, I want to finish them by the end of next month. I really like them a lot. It's time to just like get it done. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, there are other books I want to read by the end of the year, like the ones I mentioned earlier. But I, those are the only books on my shelf currently that I have not read before that I want to read. Everything else I've pretty much read. And so unlike most booktubers who have like tons and tons of unread books on their shelves, I really don't do that. I only buy a couple at a time and then I'll read them all right away. So that is it for the mid-year freak out tag. I'm really excited about the second half of the year and what sort of reading I'm going to be doing. 
If you like this format of episode, i.e. basically me talking not about just a specific book, but books in general like this, please let me know. I'm definitely going to be doing more of these episodes as the year continues. As I said, I have two more French Merlin books to read, which means I have two more episodes like this that you'll be seeing in the next few weeks or months, basically, that are going to be a different format than usual because I just have um, space to fill, time to fill, whatever, you know what I mean. And so, yeah, let me know if you like this, if you have any ideas of different um, episodes like this that I could do, if there's any questions you have for me about books I like or whatever, book recommendations, something like that, I would definitely be happy to um, record an episode for that. And yeah, so next week I'm going to be talking about Sisters in Arms by Kaya Alderson, which is a World War II historical fiction novel about the only black, okay, wait, the only all-black battalion of the Women's Army Corps, the legendary 6888. So basically, it's following two different women. One is named Grace, and she it was like a huge pianist, and they're both from New York, but her family's pretty poor. And the other one is Eliza. Her family's rich and owns a black newspaper. And it's kind of about both their time in the army serving as well as their friendship. They start out kind of butting heads, but grow to become friends as the book continues on. I'm really enjoying it a lot. I've got about a hundred or so pages left, so I'm interested to see how it ends. I can't wait to talk about it next week. If you want to read it before then, I would definitely recommend it. It's super fun. So let's do the sign off. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at I read a book once blog. I'm uh, getting back into the swing of things of posting more on there and I would definitely love it for you to like and follow my Instagram. You can also DM me your thoughts about this episode, the books I read, what your least favorite and favorite books have been of the year so far. If you want to do this tag and send me your answers, whatever, you can do that there. You could also send me an email at iwriteabookonceblog at gmail.com. I no longer, you guys, okay, so if you heard this before, I say you can check out my website. I never update iwriteabookonceblog.com. However, I actually automatically renewed my ability to update it. I'm still going to own the domain, but I no longer am going to be able to update it. So I'm not probably going to be talking about that anymore. But I mean, I guess you could still check it out if you want. And then also make sure to rate, subscribe, add this podcast to your podcast listening platform give me some likes, give me some stars, whatever. I help other people find my podcast. I'd really, really appreciate it. And with that, I'm going to sign off. So I'll catch you guys next time.